the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now, your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made the hit parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Those were the days. And to do when you were there. Dance for girls and men, woman. Mr. We could use a man like Herbert Hoover again. Well, let me tell you something. You could go on any list and put in top television shows of all time. And it is very difficult to find a list where All in the Family is not listed in one of the top ten shows. And its creator left this planet today, as far as we know, at 101 years old. Norman Lear was born on July the 27th, 1922, and he passed away today on December the 5th, 2023. Now, I know there's some other horrible things going on here in the United States of America, like um, the suspect in the shooting out in the University of Nevada um, has been confirmed dead. Another, I mean, a shooting at a college is just, just, you know, terrifying, especially as a father right now who uh, is going and doing the whole college tour thing with his child. Um, and to know that, you know, your kids aren't safe. And, you know, this is the University of Nevada. It's not in a place that you would presume would be, you know, very dangerous. But if you look at all of these um, shootings, you know, they're taking places in moving theaters and shopping malls and rock concerts. And so you don't know where they're going to hit. So... I'm going to leave, uh, since since the shooter seems to be dead and no one else is getting killed, um, I'm going to leave the, the guts and the blood uh, on the, the side of the table. I have a very exciting show, especially for me, because I have a spectacular lawyer uh, who's going to come on with me, a storied uh, trial attorney here in the city and state of New York. But before I do that, I do want to touch on... Uh, the loss of Norman Lear because there aren't too many Norman Lears uh, in the world and there haven't there have never been um, besides all in the family think about this all in the family especially those of us who are in our 50s Maud Good Times the Jeffersons Archie Bunker's Place Sanford and Son One Day at a Time Silver Spoon I mean these were television shows that really changed America and sculpted America 
very differently. You know, before All in the Family, uh, the there were no like the sitcoms were like Dick Van Dyke and very, you know the very uh, the Andy Griffith Show, the Honeymooners. They didn't really tackle real issues of the day. Um, Sam Bellino, do you, do you have the, the clip yeah. where he talks about what what America means to me? An American history lesson. You don't know nothing about Lady Liberty. Standing there in the hub with her torch on high, screaming out to all the nations in the world, send me your poor, your deadbeats, your filthy. <laughs> and all the nations sent them in here. They come swarming in like ants. Your Spanish PRs from the California. Your Japs. You're Chinamen, you're crouching, you're heaves, and you're leaving space. Come in here, and they're all free to live in their own separate sections. Where they feel safe, and they bust your head if you go in there. That's what makes America great, buddy. I mean, I saw that recently. I mean, there there are some positives about social media, and... You know, these algorithms see what you look and what you like and what you stay on for a long period of time. And somehow or another, they figured out that I like all the family. So over the last three to six months, I've been catching all these little clips. And uh, it's amazing how the world works and how, I don't know, the, the greater power works. Last night, after going to Imran's coronation as one of the greatest people on the planet Earth, at least in the borough of Brooklyn, it was, it was a great experience, actually, in uh at El Carib, I was with our friend, uh, our brother from another mother, uh, Vincent Lavienne, who was awarded a Person of the Year award, and, and Ingrid Lewis Martin from the mayor's office. And um, I got home, and I knew I had a big day today, and it was, you know, I was trying to get to sleep early so I could wake up early. And again, I just go on the Facebook thing, and he, it was something I'd never seen. Archie's best friend during. Um, the, the the show and actually at one point I just read this today when Carol O'Connor the the uh, actor who played Archie had some contract disputes Archie was going to be written off the script and Stretch Cunningham was going to be inserted and Stretch Cunningham is an actor who actually didn't do much on television but wound up doing a lot in the movies but uh, he dies and he was Archie's best friend at work and they ask Archie to give the eulogy and say, well, you know, I don't know exactly what part you clipped right there, but I will perform I the whole play. clip. Okay. It, the, the whole clip is like seven minutes. Isn't yeah, it? Yes. Okay. Well, I'll, you can play the beginning because I'm in bed last night and I'm trying to fall asleep. And I swear, Matt, I like, I was doubled up laughter. Yeah. I was howling laughter, but then at the end of the clip and we can't play the whole thing. It's too long. And then like, it, it was very, very poignant. Uh, and, and it, it really hit home, and it was all about, like, people, they say people who make you laugh make you live longer. And you made me laugh so many times, and I really wish I would have done the same for you. Um, I'll, just, just roll a little bit, Sam Bellino, and then I'll tell you when to clip it off. I'm Sam. Uh, all right, so let me just set this up. Matt, come on, Mike. Archie's going to the eulogy to a guy named Cunningham, and he's assuming it's an Irish wake, and he's going to go in, and he's going to give a eulogy to a bunch of Irish people. They open the door, and it's a Jewish funeral. Go ahead, Matt. Here's your yarmulke. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's going on, man? Oh, 
Stretch must have been Jewish. Stretch Jewish with a name like Cunningham. Oh, Archie, what's in the name? The Jewish name ain't supposed to have no ham in it. Right there. A Jewish name ain't supposed to have no ham in there. And his facial expressions and the shock. But the, the, the realness of it was, this is a guy he worked side by side with for years. And he had no clue that he was Jewish. And he reflects on the Jewish jokes that he made. And, and I mean, it is, it's, it's brilliant. His real name was Jerome, not Stretch, Jerome. A close and friend of he, Jerome's is here today to say some parting words, Mr. Archie and, Bunker. Yeah, you just got to hear the very beginning of this because he's in total shock. He's a, don't forget your beanie. You got Edith is putting the yarmulke, but like on the front of his head. And there's Archie, who in in and of itself, he's so uncomfortable wearing a suit. So he's not in his element at all. He's so uncomfortable. And Carol O'Connor is such a brilliant actor, brilliant. And the writing is so brilliant. <laughs> He's at the podium. He takes out his uh, his the notes that he had written down. See, uh, I uh, I had a, a a speech here, so we'll read, but it's uh. It's got two or three Jesuses in it here. <laughs> not that, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, after all, uh, Jesus himself was a Jew until his father sat him down and told him no more of that. <laughs> but, even so, I, I, I couldn't use it because it's got heavens in there, too. And I don't know if uh, Stretch believed in him. And, uh, well, even if he did, maybe he wouldn't want to go there. Because, uh, well, it's full of Christians up there, you know. All right, Matt. I think, I think we get the picture there. Um, so that, that it, this whole segment is a point of personal privilege because at this point in my life, I'm pretty busy and I don't sit down and watch a lot of television of, of this sort. So I don't really know what's out there, uh, of this ilk. Um, but they, that show really, really address things. And it's the fact that it, it's cracking me up 50 years later, like cracking me up 50 years later go to the brilliance of Norman Lear to create it and the writers around it. Uh, I got to talk to Rob Reiner at the Friars Club about it. And, you know, he just said it was magical and all that, that unique cast of characters. And, yes, The Honeymooners was one of them. Seinfeld was one of them. I Love Lucy was one of them. I'm not sure. You know, there's some others. Taxi, Cheers, Frasier, I guess, which is the spinoff. Obviously, Sanford and Son, which was a huge hit for Norman Lear. So at 101 years old, he, uh, at, I think at 98 or something, he got the, uh, I'm not a, in his 90s, he got the award from uh, the President of the United States. The highest award that you know you can get in the the arts. You will be missed, but these uh, episodes of uh, Sanford and Son and All in the Family and Jefferson's keep riding on. We are going to come back. We're going to be a little bit more serious now. We're going to talk to famed defense attorney Jimmy DiPietro. Don't go away. Tape before a live audience. 
Unity Bank is dedicated to community-oriented banking and offers a full range of services, including business and personal accounts, business loans, and mortgages. Unity has locations throughout New Jersey and in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, expanding its footprint to 21 retail locations. Grow your savings with their great CD specials. Visit unitybank.com to find out more. Unity Bank is also a great place to work. As Unity Bank President and CEO James Hughes says, the people make Unity Bank a great place to work. We give our employees an opportunity to grow. At Unity Bank, there are no excess layers of bureaucracy as found at Goliath-sized banks. All employees have full access to management with encouragement to make decisions and grow their careers. Visit unitybank.com. That's unitybank.com for current CD and savings specials. They are FDIC insured, an equal opportunity employer, and an equal housing lender. Unity Bank, growing with you. All right, let's talk about my friends at Bay Ridge Honda. Bay Ridge Honda, which is run by the Sabah family, a family that I've known basically my entire life. The Sabah Sabah family owned and operated Honda dealer has been there for over 60 years. I remember my dad going there in, I believe it was 1980, buying a beautiful little cream-colored stick shift five-speed Honda Accord that stayed in my family for over 30 years. Yep, that's how reliable those cars were. My parents, my grandparents, my sisters had more Honda Odysseys than I could count. And why do we go to Bay Ridge Honda? Because the Sabah family, Rob, Danielle, their mom, Brenda, Danielle's husband, uh, Billy, I mean, and then the dozens of dozens of other people who work there, when you walk in, you feel like you're part of their family. And right now, it's the season to celebrate with happy Honda days. They're going on right now at Bay Ridge Honda. Ready for this? You could drive away with a new Honda with no payments until March of 2024. They have giving you the lowest prices of the year. They're selling under MSRP this month. Why? Because... Every car dealership wants to up their numbers for 2023 that they sold more cars than the year before. They have your favorite Honda models on the floor ready to go. The Accord, the Great Accord, the HRV, the CRV, and more. Be sure to ask the staff at Bay Ridge Honda about the Bay Ridge Plus package that will you, that you will have your new or used car covered. That means the warranty is just fantastic. So you can visit Bay Ridge Honda on 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's Bay RidgeHonda.com. Weatherization assistance in Yonkers reminds us that many children will be forgotten this holiday season and families could use some extra help. Let's open our hearts by donating a toy or two at a local toy drive and help make a child's wish come true this Christmas. That's brought to you by Weatherization Assistance at 540 Palmer Road in Yonkers, where they say our area is a great place to live and raise a family. Call 914-375-7887. Wishing everyone a happy holiday season. Don't miss the highly acclaimed multi-season series, The Chosen, now available on DVD. Quantities are limited, but you can get an exclusive DVD offer for our listeners at thechosennow.com. The ideal message for the holidays. It makes the perfect gift for family and friends. The Chosen. Get the first three seasons now on DVD. Quantities are limited. Don't wait. Get yours at thechosennow.com. That's thechosennow.com. All right, let's talk about our friends at Connors and Sullivan, because planning for your future is important. You need to make sure you and your family are protected. Protected from what? 
from others, from people outside the family making decisions if you cannot make those decisions yourself. If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate? Are your assets protected from nursing home costs? You know when the time to plan is? Now. The time to plan is now. Wills, trusts, power of attorneys, health care proxies, living wills, your overall estate plan. That's what the lawyers at Connors and Sullivan are there for. You know why they know what they were doing? You know why they know how to make sure you're protected? Because they've been helping people just like you, hundreds and hundreds of people just like you for over 40 years. And you could visit them for free, a free consultation with a lawyer. So call Connors and Sullivan today to schedule that free in-person consultation with a lawyer at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, or Staten Island, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or visit their website at connorsandsullivan.com. And remember what Mike Connors always says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. So, you know, whatever job you're at, when you, you start off, there are people like, you know, you look up to, they're like legendary guys, they play women or scary men or women. You know what I'm talking about, Sam Bellino, like in the radio industry? I'm yeah, sure absolutely. Some, I work with a few people like that. Yeah, I mean, like the Al Gattulos of the world, hypothetically, right? But seriously, yeah. a guy who's been all over the place, and he knows everyone, and he knows his craft inside and out. And Well-respected so well veteran, yes. Uh-oh, someone's raising her hand. I'm raising my hand. Because Matt was scary in the beginning because of his experience. Thank you. Well... She had to get get a little word in there just because just because her picture's on the business card. Um, <laughs> so um, um, I started in the Brooklyn DA's office right after I passed the bar exam, and uh, that was the very very early '90s when crime was through the roof. And uh, you know, within sh- a short amount of time, I was in, in a very short amount of time. I was in the courtroom. And, you know, you get to hear names of lawyers who are in the courtroom. And, you know, some of them, to be honest, just kind of go through the motions. And now, wrap your brain around this, Sam Bellino. In the bureau I was in, I think there were 40 attorneys in the blue zone. Wow. There was one computer. Maybe there were two, but I think there was one. Were there, the fight, were there fights over it? Not me. I wanted nothing to do with the computer, but yeah. So... You would see like lawyers, defense attorneys walking around the courthouse, literally with not a piece of paper in their hand, or maybe like folded a paper in their pocket. And then there was this guy who, it looks like the combination between like, a, if a bulldog ate a fire hydrant. So he's like stocky, these wide shoulders, but solid as a rock. And yeah, he's got a beautiful head of hair, handsome guy, clearly an Italian American man. And he walked around with a briefcase that was always bulging and here was what was the impressive part uh and i say this with all sincerity about his bulging briefcase in addition to the files he had he had all the law books he would literally walk to court even on the date when it was just a calendar call and it was going to be in a german he was always prepared he always had those law books he always had the penal law in there and you knew when G- Jimmy DiPietro was on the other side of that aisle you're on the prosecutor's side and you're on the defense attorney's side <laughs> You better bring your A-game so when he kicks your butt, it, you're not embarrassed. You're just lost as opposed to getting, like, you know, crucified. And when I was very young, 
uh, he tried one of the biggest cases in Brooklyn against the chief of the trials and Mike Vecchione and Emilio Grillo and Rob uh, uh, and my, my, Mike Sabella was here. He was a witness and it was like a must-see TV kind of situation and uh, and he was great and he was brilliant and I am really, besides being blessed, I'm flattered that and he's going to tell you right now how he kind of did a little career change and kind of slowed things down um, from his full-time thriving practice. And now we do a lot of work with James DiPietro here in Nidala, Bertuna, and Cammons. And he could have gone in all, to a lot of different places. And I, I know he didn't come here to me. For me, he came here for Judge Cammons, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so without further ado, a lawyer who I know since 1993, uh, James DiPietro. Okay, Jimmy, you can hit record, so you make sure you got that there. All right, you good? You good? You want to get closer to the microphone? I know this is your first time you've ever spoke publicly. <laughs> You're all good. Ready to rock and roll? You're ready to rock and roll. So, Arthur, let me start out with uh, start out with thanking you for having me on your uh, radio show. Thank you for being here. And as much as you said kind words about me, it's a privilege to be with you tonight. Well, you're only here because you have an Alfa Romeo. You're only here because you have an Alfa Romeo. I'm on the way out and you're on the way up. No, you're stop way it. Are you kidding me? You're, you, you chose to slow down. Yeah. Before we get there, so this guy is literally one of the most in-demand lawyers in, in the, the, the state of New York, tried all these big cases, had all kinds of clients, calls me one day and goes, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to go coach football. Go ahead. Take it from there. James. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, an opportunity arose where I can go back to my college alma mater, which is Stony Brook University, which was now a Division One program, and they asked me to come back and uh, be a coach. And something on my bucket list. I talk about talk about your football career. I shut down the practice. Mm -hmm. Well, and I coached there for for a year. Uh, it was an experience, but football meant a lot to me. And for an example, I mean, I was talking to Joan beforehand I didn't get the job in the Brooklyn DA's office as much as I loved to be there I interned two summers in a row in the Homicide Bureau and uh, we'll get to what happened there but I did get the job at the Nassau County District Attorney's Office and I was a DA there from 79 to 86 and people always ask me about you know what do you put on your resume Mr. DePietro this that, and that. so I said let me give you my little scenario I applied to the NASA DA's office. I got a letter in a letter or a phone call in one week saying you're not a resident of Long Island, Zygazunt, if you know what that means. <laughs> so I said, guys, I went to Stony Brook University for four years. I lived on campus. I went to Hofstra Law School. I lived on campus. Come on down. I had a pretty good resume, you know, 3.86, CUM, teacher assistant, resident assistant, every other assistant. And on that resume, it said small college All-American football player. And back in 1979, I had my first interview with a gentleman who's still alive, and I still call now and then. His name was Patrick McCloskey. He was the chief assistant at Nassau. And that's the thing he picked up on my resume. He goes, Mr. DiPietro or Jimmy, uh, you're not that big of a guy. He goes, so you must have been super fast. And I said, Mr. McCloskey, I was okay, but I wasn't super fast. So you must have had super moves. I had moves, but they were not super. So what made you an All-American? And I looked at him in the eye, and I said, I was pretty tough to bring down. That night, eight hours later, I got a call from Pat McCloskey saying, if you want the job, you're hired. Anybody that's <laughs> tough to bring down is my type of ADA. I didn't have to go to the second interview. I didn't have to give an opening statement. I didn't have to go to the panel. Boom. So when people ask me about a resume, I go, is that little line on that resume about being a football player and an All-American, forget about the 3.86 and this and that. That's what did it. 
that's what started my career. And I had a very what, year, what years were you in the NASA? I was in NASA from 1979 to 1986. In the last two or three years, I was the chief trial attorney for all major narcotic cases back then. I was making, and I'll tell you one of the reasons why I left. Back in the day, the biggest, biggest narcotic was Coke. And it was all the Colombians, and they were all coming out of Jackson Ice Queens. So I'm over in Nassau County. So I had to come up with some methods, you know, to get jurisdiction in Nassau County, which I certainly came up with them. And the next thing you know, we're doing it back in the day, five kilos, ten kilos, five kilos. That was a lot of weight. And in Newsday in Long Island, you know, I'm getting page two coverage, ten kilos, five kilos, ADA, DePetro, this, that, and the other thing. And eventually my boss, who I loved, which was Dennis Dillon, called me into the office and said, Jimmy, you're doing a great job, man. But you're making it look like we have a drug problem here in Nassau County. Let it go down in Queens or give it to the feds. And the last thing I'm giving it to is the feds because there was always that rivalry. So that's when I made a decision. Maybe it's time to move on. I was offered a partnership over here in Brooklyn in 1986 to come back to the old neighborhood. And as much when as you say the old neighborhood, did you grow up in Brooklyn? I grew up in Brooklyn. My mother, who's still alive, is going on 92 years old, still lives in a house I grew up in, in the Gravesend, Bensonhurst section of Brooklyn. So my roots are Brooklyn. Even though I live in Long Island now for quite a period of time, I'll always say I'm a Brooklyn boy. I still got the Brooklyn drawl, and it's just not going to change. It's just me. So when I came back, trust me, I came back with a little bit of, uh, for lack of a better word, of a vengeance. You guys didn't hire me. Hold on. What do you mean you guys? I was in elementary school. I don't mean you, Arthur Idala. I meant you guys. Once again, a little Brooklynese meaning... The Brooklyn DA's office. It was uh, Eugene Gold, yeah, It was right? Eugene Gold right. at the time. Of course, he went on to bigger, better things. He got indicted in Virginia, I think, for playing with little children. Shouldn't happen to a nicer guy. But anyway, they didn't hire me. And one of the reasons they didn't hire me, I learned, found out 25 years later. Is you Italian? It was probably part of it. From uh, the chief judge at the time was Ronald Aiello, who now is deceased. But Ronnie was the chief of homicide back in the day when I was interning in the Homicide Bureau. And he said, Jimmy, I tried everything for you to have that job. What was it 25 years later? I don't want to get into it, but it was one of my references in my resume. I put down the name of a defense lawyer who probably did a lot of OC work, and Mr. Gold thought that if I had him as a reference, even though I wouldn't even know what that was back in the day, I was the first in my family to go to college, let alone law school, that bothered him thinking they were going to put pressure on me as a young assistant. So that really... I don't know if I could say this pissed me off. No, you you, you can it. say that. All right, so Jimmy, we're going to take a break. We're going to go to commercial. Got it. And so now we know how you got to the world of defense lawyering. Right. And it's, I want to talk to you a little bit about what that change was like, because you were a storied prosecutor in, in Manassas, and you did big cases there. And now all of a sudden you're going to be, instead of putting people in jail, you're going to help people you know, get out of jail or get out of trouble. And what's that like, making that uh, change? And then let's talk about some of the cases that you did and which ones excite you the most. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to go to a commercial break here at, uh, what do you see, 629. We'll be back in three minutes. Don't go anywhere. Wellness Wednesday with your favorite Fox News medical all-stars and other experts on how to keep you well. That's tonight at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. 
Calling all patriots. Are you ready for the adventure of a lifetime? Journey with me on the Patriots Alaska cruise in June 2024. We'll dive deep into geopolitical trends and unpack the influences shaping the world today. It's an incredible opportunity to engage with me and other patriots on an epic seven-day journey. Witness the untouched wilderness of Alaska while discussing America's future. Join us from June 29th to July 6, 2024. Book online, patriotsalaskacruise.com. Want more of AM 970 The Answer and our hosts? Then interact with us. Follow us on Twitter for breaking news, what's coming up on the radio, thoughts from our hosts, deals from our advertisers, and more. Our handle is at AM 970 The Answer. Come on, tweet with us. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. I know it's hard to believe, but the holidays are here. Why not make them truly memorable this year on board the Atlantis yacht with New York Cruises? Captain Fred and the amazing New York Cruises staff go above and beyond with every detail. Whether you've been put in charge of planning the office Christmas party or are looking to do something exciting for the holidays, why not take the party off land and on to sea? Call 212-633-1231 or visit newyorkcruises.com and see how Captain Fred and his first class yacht crew will make your special occasion an unforgettable day. The Atlantis of New York Cruises is the perfect venue for corporate events, weddings, engagement and anniversary parties, reunions, retirement parties, birthdays, bar or bat mitzvahs, you name it. Call 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today or visit newyorkcruises.com. My name is Imran Ansari and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna and Kamins. Suffering an injury in an accident can be a life-changing experience. Whether you've been involved in a car accident, a construction site accident, a slip and fall or injured because of someone else's negligence, we can help. Our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you are owed. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you have been injured because of someone else's negligence, you have legal rights and may be entitled to significant money to compensate you for your pain and suffering. Hiring the right attorney is important. The combined experience of the lawyers at Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins will be able to lead you through the personal injury lawsuit process and aggressively fight for the best result. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins, fighting for justice, fighting for you plaza college plaza college plaza college an institution that can change your life and i don't i'm not gonna say that lightly you know those of us uh, i was talking to someone today and she's like you know my son's 25 he finished school he's got some part-time work and he's trying to find himself well if you know a young person that's trying to find themselves Direct them to Plaza College. Tell them to go on the website. Tell them to go show up at the school. They're so nice over there because they have so many different schools that could, and they're all different. They could take you into totally different directions, but give you direction if you don't have one. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College, for, I don't know, longer than I can remember now. Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have this spectacular court reporting program, but they have four other schools of study, including their School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. 16 months, the last class had 18 successful nurses put out into our community to help us in our time of need. Congratulations to all 18 of them. But another 
program that they have is their School of Dental Hygiene. Their dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic is set up beautifully. It's brand new, state-of-the-art. There's a dentist there who supervises students as they perform work on real patients. It is a spectacular learning experience. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, email them at info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, usually when Jimmy DiPietro fought the law, the law didn't win. <laughs> or at least the uh, the people representing the people of the state of New York didn't win. Uh, James DiPietro is here. He's my guest. He's a story trial attorney here in the state of New York. Um, Jimmy, before we move on to your career as a defense attorney, you said you wanted to touch on something in your career yeah, as a prosecutor. There's, there's just one thing that I'm, I'm still very proud of. Before I left the DA's office, I uh, there was a vehicular homicide I was trying. It was two young lads that were accused of drag racing. And it was like 30 or 40 witnesses. And I was trying to come up with a way to prevent separate trials because... There's something called Bruton, and there would have been a separate trial. So I proposed to a judge in Long Island uh, to have a double jury trial, to have two juries sitting at once. And when the uh, the legal issue came up, that would have caused the severance to have one jury removed, another jury stay, and that was granted. So I initiated and tried the first double jury trial in the history of the state, and I'm proud to say that since thereafter... It's been used uh, quite a lot to prevent uh, multiple trials and things along those lines. I did one as a prosecutor alongside Mike Vecchione, and I did one as a criminal defense attorney with all people you know, including Gary Farrell and Mario yeah, yeah, Romano yeah. It's, yeah. and Michael Sabella in front of Judge Dwyer. So you now go to Brooklyn in the mid-80s uh, when crime was crime, organized crime was crime, and things street crime really was crime. rocking and rolling back in the day in the old neighborhood, as they say. And... Um, like I said, I came back with a little bit of a, of a of a vengeance. It was like, you know, a baseball player that gets traded, and when he plays the team that trades him, he wants to hit a, a grand slam. And I was hoping for that. And as good fortune or God would uh, help me through, my first major case was the Bensonhurst murder case. That was the racial killing of Yusef Hawkins, which was like, it was a biggie back in the day. It was front page every day. Al Sharpton, marching through my old neighborhood, this, that, and the other thing. I grew up in Bensonhurst. It was a personal thing to me, this, that, and the other. And eventually, um, I tried the case with another fine trial lawyer. That's uh, Ben Brofman, who went on to have a pretty good legal career. And we both had acquittals in that case. And uh, that meant a lot to me because I grew up in that neighborhood, and I didn't want the neighborhood to be defined as, you know, a bunch of... Uh, Italian who, races. Who was your client? My client, his name was Joseph Serrano, uh, you know, known as Babe Serrano. And every kid in that case was like 14 or 15 years now, old. How do you get that case? How did I get that case? It's um, a good question. It's a long time ago, but somebody uh, put my name out there, and a young man came to me, and I laughed because everybody looked like a young little kid, and Joey Serrano looked like he was 23 years old. He had a full beard, and he's six foot one, and he's 200 pounds, and, you know, he didn't have that nice look that you want when you try in a juvenile. 
But it came to me. A case could have been referred to me by another lawyer who was already in the case. It's just too long ago for me to remember. So I had a good one there, and it was followed up almost immediately with a case that every one of my cases had a name to it. So that was called the Bensonhurst murder case. Then came the Brooklyn College case. This was a case where on the highest holy day, uh, I think it was of the Jewish faith. That would be Yom Kippur. Yeah, a lot of uh, young lads went over to Brooklyn College at a at a Yom Kippur event, and a, a major melee broke out. Uh, some young uh, Jewish boys lost a spleen, this, that, and the other thing. My client was charged with 27 counts of either attempted murder or assault one. I remember trying that case before Judge Douglas, four prosecutors. One of the prosecutors, God rest his soul, was Judge, uh, when he became a judge, was Charlie Posner. And years later, Charlie made me a Boy Scout man of the year, and I was never a Boy Scout, and I used to laugh at that one. But anyway, we tried the case, and um, that young man was acquitted of 26 counts. And what I was saying is, I think, Joan, earlier, you know, they teach you in law school, you should never do something on cross-examination where you don't know what the answer is. You're making a big blunder. But in that case, trust me, there came a time, maybe in the fourth week of testimony, I came to the conclusion, uh, I'm going to lose, we're going to lose this case. The evidence was getting to be overwhelming. But there was one prosecution witness that had testified, and this was critical. Don't ask me about why. Whether it was a brown beer bottle or a clear beer bottle. And if it's a brown beer b brown bottle, I'm in deep trouble. And this young lad got on the stand and testified that he was 100 feet away on that particular night, and there's no question in his mind it was a brown bottle, and it came from my client, and that's a big issue. Somebody had whispered in my ear that that witness, who happened to be a, a young Jewish lad, uh, was nearsighted. I then took a heavy risk at the lunch break. Just like a My Cousin Vinny moment here? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> at, at the lunch break, I marked off 100 feet in that courthouse, and I put a brown beer bottle underneath the section where the, you know, the people in the audience sit. In the afternoon, he was put back on the stand, and I looked at him, and I said, young man, you know, uh, the lighting conditions are much better in this courtroom than they were that night. Absolutely, Mr. DePetro, no question about it. If you want to please us, how far am I from the witness stand? You're 100 feet, so I'm exactly the same 100 feet. And you just testified, and you, you swore on the road that there's no question in your mind it was a brown bottle. Then you take the risk of a lifetime. I went under the thing, under the, the dais, and pulled out a, a brown beer bottle. And if he said it's brown, I'm finished. And I held it up. I said, I'd like to have this marked as a defense exhibit. Young man, tell me what color the bottle is. And he just stood there for 15, 20 seconds because he couldn't even see it was a bottle. At that point, I was literally six inches from the fall lady who, when he couldn't, just started grunting under her breath, and the grunts were like, uh, uh. And I knew at that point in time, this whole case just changed. And you take the shot. If she said, Mr. DePietro, that's a brown beer bottle, you know, I got a five-minute verdict. Young man was acquitted of 26 counts and walked out of the courtroom. There was a riot when the verdict came in. A lot of what you're seeing going on today, people j jumping into the jury box, accusing them of being Nazis and all sorts of stuff. It, it was what it was. So that was another one. That's two. Soon thereafter, I got to try. Uh, let me look at. He's looking at notes over here. Yeah, I'm looking at you notes. It's your life. You, need I, you know, I, it was an alleged member of organized crime. You know, alleged member who was charged with murder, and it was a cold case murder. It was like from 16 years ago, and now they had him on tape where he actually admitted to his brother that he murdered this person and named him. Well, that cold case now became very warm. 
because back in the day, the Brooklyn DA's office couldn't prosecute it because they had an accomplice, but they couldn't corroborate it. So now 15 years later, they got the recording, which corroborated it. And um, he was acquitted of that charge. Like I said, someone upstairs, you know, from that Rocky Graziano movie, you know, someone up there likes me because somebody was shining on me because he's on tape saying I killed a guy. And Jerry, before we run out of time in this segment, just give people a little insight on what your life is like as a trial attorney when you're trying these cases and the pressure and all of that. With you, you know, you're married. You have kids. You Everybody know. is different. I can just tell you, me as many holidays I missed. I worked twenty hours around the clock. Whatever talents God granted me, my main thing was I would prep you and know my case better than anybody else. But to do that, it's work, work, work. Holidays I've missed. Some of my kids' games I missed. Things along those lines. That's the price you pay if you're dedicated to this profession. I don't know if everybody has that work ethic. There are some. I think Arthur Idala has that ethic, but not many. That's why we both have Alfa Romeos. Yeah, well. Yours is a 70 what? 77. Let's, we're and, not going and, further and, on the and, cost. No, and I, got, I, got an 80, I, got my, I got an 85, so well, 86. Still, are we still rocking and rolling Yeah, now? we're still rocking and okay. rolling. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> then we went to a case, Arthur, which I think you were in the back of the audience as a young lawyer learning uh, uh, the ropes. Everybody who could was yeah, in that Yeah, which was called, room. like I said, they named every case something, and this one was called the Dyker Park murder case. This was where a young, a bunch of young kids allegedly beat to death uh, an Ecuadorian man in the park without getting into you know, the facts. I'm up against five of your best, you know, Mr. Vecchione et al. Before a good judge for the prosecution, Judge Kreinler. <laughs> oh, was it Kreinler? I thought it was a Gito. No, Kreinler? it was okay. Kreinler. I wish it was a Gito, but it was Kreinler. And, um, you know, can I tell you, my client was acquitted, so was his co-defendant, and the people that they turned, you know, the kids in the group went to jail. So the cooperators went to jail and the so-called so bad guys walked home. So that was another good one. That was a big one. Then there was a case I dubbed Leg Fu Young. What's this about? This was a vehicular homicide where it was alleged that my client was doing 85 uh, in a 30 down Northern Avenue. He hit an elderly gentleman, dragged him under his car, and when they found the gentleman, he didn't have his leg. They found the lake two days later, 140 feet away, on top of a Chinese restaurant on Northern Avenue. Oh. So I called the case. you got to live with this somehow. I called it Lake Fu Young. So they were claiming he's doing 85 and this, that, and the other thing. And this is just luck and good lawyering. The day after this young man was arrested, I went to the scene. And there were road markings on the scene, which they were claiming were skid marks. And based on that, there's a formula. And they said he's doing 85 miles an hour. If I wasn't on that scene the following day, those markings would have been uh, would have been evaporated over time. And I was there with one of my experts. We took photographs of them, and they were not skid marks. They were something called yaw marks, which is evasive steering. It's a whole different formula. I kept it in my back pocket, photographed the entire scene. I'm in the middle of Northern Avenue taking pictures, cars avoiding me. And the bottom line is, at the time of the trial, the prosecution almost you know fell out when that came out, and that young man was acquitted. And just as a story, without getting into who the prosecutor was, who was a very fine lawyer, but two years later, walking down the hallways of the Brooklyn DA's office, passing that person's office, there was a dartboard, and in the bullseye was a picture of Jimmy DePietro. There you go. And I said, <clears throat> I think it's time we get over this. So I came back, and I had six really nice acquittals in a row, and probably the best thing that I can say, and that's why I was a big fan of Mr. Hines. A lot of these cases were prosecuted under the Holtzman era, and, and that era. And there came a time my secretary said, Jimmy, you got Mr. Hines on the phone. I didn't know Joe Hines. 
And I got on the phone. I said, Mr. Hines, Mr. DiPietro, everything okay? He goes, Jim, you're doing a great job, but I'd like you to move out of the county because if you keep going like this, I'm never going to get reelected. <laughs> and that's when I said, this is a regular guy, and I really in- enjoyed him being the DA, and he was just a good guy. Um, so I'm going to ask you a question people ask me. Uh, do you ever lose sleep about the client? You know, you just said, oh, this guy was accused of killing someone, attempted murder, took someone's legs off, and, you know, he's not getting punished. Yeah, They're well, not getting punished. So you ever, like, lose any sleep? Well, how, how can you live with yourself? Yeah, how do you I look in the mirror? Have I lost sleep? Probably I've lost a, a night or two. But more importantly, I worked with a lot of other lawyers that really had great names. And, like, if... They lost the case, and a guy just got 25 to life. They'd be back in the office saying, like, we guys were going to dinner. Trust me, I've lost the case. When I lost the case, it used to take me a week or two weeks to get over it. So Esposito was standing behind me. He tried a case with my my dad, a homicide case, yeah. a bench trial in front of Judge Maris. They, they went down. The judge found out not guilty of the top count, but guilty of the man one or man two. Yeah. And my father looked at, at John Esposito and Mario Romano, and he goes, if this case doesn't get reversed on appeal, um, uh, I'm going to resign from the practice of law. Mario Romano just went home and calmed down. John Esposito went home went to sleep. And my father went out and had a glass of wine. Yeah, and, the, well, and a year you know, and a half I, later, not only was it reversed, it was thrown out based on the grand jury I got, insufficiency. I got one lawyer in my mind. He came back. It was murder. Back in the day, it was intentional murder and depraved indifference murder. I beat the intentional murder, but my client went down on depraved murder. So I went, you got 25 to life. And to him, it was an acquittal. And let's go to dinner. And I used to go. And I said to myself, if you ever get to that point in life, maybe it's time to... And to be quite frank, I'm 69 years old now, so maybe for the past three or four years I really lightened up. Because to put in the work ethic that you, that I was putting in... I know, when you come here and work on a case, become, it's like, okay, uh, Jimmy's coming. Now, don't get roll me up wrong, your sleeves. clients that still call me. And sometimes uh, what I've told them, I said, guys, I'd be more than happy to again. But like, much like Mike Tyson, when you're not in a ring for five years, there's a little bit of ring rust. And, you know, uh, if I get back into the game, there's going to be a little ring rust because it's been a five-year hiatus. But... Like I said, I was blessed. I had a great career. A career, I couldn't have done more than I wanted to do, and I just thought this was the right time. I'm still very active with football at my former university, which is now a Division One program. Put a few guys in the NFL. I'm having a good time. All right, there you go. You just heard that from James DiPietro. He is uh, someone who I looked up to. I'm gonna and we're gonna take a break. I'm gonna end. I'm gonna end talking about a story I have with a lawyer with James because it, it it's an example of how I think the system should work. And I think it used to work more like this. And I don't mean to be like overly nostalgic or whatever, but I think it used to work more like this. Uh, back in the day than it did now when it was a little more congenial, etc. Um, so, Sam Bellino, how are we doing? We're doing good? We're good, man. Do I have enough time to thank you for uh, my birthday present <laughs> sure. that I'm looking at Why here? Not? So yesterday I get in the office, we got 60 seconds left. I get into the office and there's this box and it's glass and it's it, there's chains involved and lights and all that. I, mean, I pull it out and I'm, it's just beautiful. It's like, I don't know, 11 by 14 or something, a big plexiglass. On the top, in big letters, it says on air. In the middle, it's got a microphone. On the bottom, it says Arthur Idala. It lights up. It's bright red. It's got a dimmer on it. I'm like, wow, this is super cool, but there's no card. And I found out today it was my birthday present from Matt Sambolin. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, and, and, of course, thank God, Joan Pelzer oh, set God. it up for me. Because it would have never it would have set in the bug. Thank you, Joan. All right, we're taking a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Talk, 
My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. Have you been injured in a construction site accident? Have you fallen from a scaffold, ladder, or height while on the work site? If the answer is yes, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. In most cases, the law in New York favors you as the plaintiff if injured in a fall while working on someone else's property. It is important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We're always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Bertuna and Kamins at 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala Bertuna and Kamins, fighting for justice, fighting for you. All right, let's talk about our friends at Fastech Industries because Fastech Industries helps with all of your construction, your demolition, and your weekly waste removal needs. They have roll-off containers from 10 to 40 yards. Those containers are perfect for house, attic, and garage cleanouts or construction and demolition debris. Fastech specializes in the removal and recycling of dirt, rock, concrete, brick, and asphalt now, how about even asphalt in all five boroughs in every corner of New Jersey? And now the breaking news is now they serve Westchester County as well. Faztec is the number one supplier of recycled products. Faztec is the number one wholesaler of virgin quarry materials. Faztec is the number one provider of roll-off containers. So call Faztec today and ask for Joe C. at 718-494-1600. 718-494-1600. Call Faztech. Mention this ad for $25 off your next roll-off container rental. Go online to F-A-Z-T-E-C-I-N-D.com, Faztechind.com. Faztech Industries is now serving Westchester County, and Faztech Industries is a DeFazio company. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Oh, what's up with this tune? All right, today in 1968, the Rolling Stones released Beggar's Banquet, their seventh UK studio album. Think about it, in 1968, they already had seven studio albums out for the album, which included Street Fighting Man and Sympathy for the Devil, which we're listening to. The Stones had gone to great lengths to toughen their sound and banish the haze of psychedelia. And in psychedelia, I guess so. And in doing so, they launched a five-year period in which they would produce their very greatest records, and that is true. Very nice, Sam Bellino. Not only do you give me great presents, you give me some great facts about the Rolling I do Stones. What I can, man. So as, it's funny we're playing "Sympathy for the Devil." This is definitely one of my favorite tunes. But um, and it actually, you know, Jimmy, I'll make you laugh. A couple of years ago, someone asked me to do a book proposal. And I actually titled, and I did it, it didn't go anywhere, but I called it Sympathy for the Devil. Because as James DiPietro, a, a storied criminal defense attorney here in the state, knows, you know, in the newspaper and, and where they cover our cases, 
these people are the devils, they're the worst people in the world, etc. And on the other side of the desk, they're hysterically crying, their mother's crying, their wife is crying, and everything like that. Um, the, the quick story I just wanted to tell is, when I was a young prosecutor, but I was maybe in the office a couple of years, now I had some juice, and Jimmy and I had a case against each other, and I don't whatever the plea was, the offer was by my supervisor, was like three to nine or something, that means they have to do a minimum of three years, and then they're eligible for parole. It's like in the courtroom in front of Judge DeLore, Jimmy's like, come on, Arthur, you got to do better than that. I was like, I could give you two to six. Oh, you got to do better than that. I said, Jimmy, you know what? Let's take a break. Come back to my office during lunch, and then we'll figure out what we want to do. So we, Jimmy comes to my office. He's never going to remember this because he did this a thousand times. He comes to my office, and I hand him my whole file, my whole file. And he looks at me and goes, what are you doing? I go, go ahead. Dad, look through the whole thing. Look at all the evidence. Look at everything we got against your guy. And then you tell me if I'm being unreasonable by, by going behind my supervisor's back and luring it, going from three to nine to two to six. And Jimmy took me up on my office. He's sitting there at my desk on the other side, going through all the paperwork, leaving the police reports, the evidence, the witness reports, looking at whatever other evidence was in there. He goes, all right, I'll go talk to my guy. <laughs> we'll get a deal on this. And that's the way, in my opinion, it should be. Young prosecutors, when, when you got all the evidence, you don't need to play, you know, games. Just be like, Art, we got your guy dead to rights. Here's all the stuff. You're never going to win a trial. Let's get a, to a quick resolution. But instead, people want to, you know, get their egos involved. So uh, before we run out of time, I want to ask James DiPietro, a young lawyer now. Guys, uh, you know, I got two kids in here. One's getting sworn in as a lawyer on December 11th, on uh, Monday. Yeah, what advice would you tell them? Not necessarily in the world of criminal law, but you know, just with all of your experience, we got 120 seconds left with James DiPietro. Let's hear some parting words of wisdom. Hello. Arthur, what I've told uh, a lot of people in life, of course, it's somehow applied to my life. Somehow, you know, I think of my father when I think of about what I'm about to tell you and what I've told young lawyers, what I've told young football players, young athletes, whatever, and it's simply stay dedicated to the pursuit of your dreams and never quit. Never quit is the key to life. I don't care if you've had a drug problem, you get over it, don't quit, get up off your ass and come fighting back. Prep, 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 and live your dream. And if you take that philosophy, no matter what happens at the end of the day, you sleep well. Because you know you gave it 100%. You know, Justice Scalia also told me something very similar to that at the Columbus Day Parade. And just since we started this segment with the Rolling Stones, at 80 years old, James, you know, they're 12 years younger than you, these guys. They just came out with a new album. And one of their songs is the whole, it's called The Whole Wide World. <clears throat> and the essence of it is when the whole wide world seems like it's coming down on you, you got to fight through it, and, and the party's just begun. Like, you're going to rise up above it. And I'm right. sure you've had that speech with many a client. Absolutely. Rolling Stones are a good group. Mm. Black is black. Mm. Monkey man. Good stuff. How often do you change the oil in the Alpha? I change it now and then. James DiPietro has an Alfa Romeo, an old yeah, one that, that wins awards. Arthur has a lot of Alfa Romeos. No, no, yeah, but yours wins awards. I don't win any awards. And the reason why I got that Alfa Romeo is because when I was a kid with my dad, we couldn't afford to get it. And when I lost my dad, I made it my point in life to get that car, so I always feel like Well, I paid $1,900 for mine. I'm sure you paid a little more for yours. Yeah. All right, I'm out of time, James. Right. I'm yeah. out of Thank time. You. Thank you for finding the time to be here. Dan Molino, thank you for my present. Norman Lear, rest in peace. Thank you for the great things that you did for this, this world. And we'll be back. Back tomorrow, live and local on AM 970, The Answer.
The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.